Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Okay, hi folks, how y'all doing? Um, leaving search results morning here, uh, but uh, we won't talk too much about that. We wish everyone the best of luck listening to the radio. Uh, everyone seems to be up a few grades anyway, so the best of luck to them. I have a lady who did it last year, who's hanging on for uh, this year's results. She was a bit panicky now, dropping her into work this morning about points going up. But there's two sides to every story, but uh, uh, delighted uh, to be back this morning, guys. Probably won't be as long as we were last week in our, our marathon session with Derek and Ken Hogan. Where we have Mark and TJ and Larry here again. Delighted today uh, as our special guest, uh, as we had him last year, to be joined by Kilkenny centre-back. Well, Ock and Gail's great. Brian Hogan. How's it going, Huggy? Hey, Dalo. How's it going? Good, good. Good man. Dalo. Yes, Question. Mark? That means so you won't be talking about Getaway Queen now for 20 minutes like you were last week, like? I was going to start with Getaway Queen, Mark, because uh, my phone like was on fire all last week. Is, is Landers worried about the ground? What's Correct. the story? I, I was worried about the ground, Dalo. And I said, don't worry, don't worry, Dave Friday. And I said, let's go easy. Anyone that texts me says, go easy, each way, Max. And you delivered the each way, like? Absolutely, Dela. I, I, unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to go in the current situation, but I was at the Killer J Classic. For, we had the three days in West Waterford. Very successful three days. So next year now, don't forget to put in a team for me, will you? Yeah, okay, he was on to me about, about it already. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know yeah, I know yeah. it is this year, in fairness. You could, anyway, it a big, you could have given a bigger plug last week too, but you, you were full up for two years. We were days. full up. We were full up. We were full up. If you ask a rare ratchet, 24 years going and uh, 137 teams over the three days. Massive, massive, massive. And, good, um, good and gentle, you know, on the third bit. How, yeah. 137 teams. Correct, correct. Right. And 165 paid, which is even better again. So he's absolutely thrilled. And did you win? Did you, did you win? Did you win a weekend away or anything? A bit like the Queen, I came up a bit short. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, no big dinners right afterwards, no? All done, I assume, properly social distance, yeah? Absolutely. We, yeah. Everything was perfect. We had a takeaway, um, a takeaway vendor from counties there in Tala and bacon and cabbage, chicken or bangers and mash. So we had a choice of three teachers. So. Oh, very good. Can't beat the cock place, dealers, we can't. There's money in East Cork, teacher. Seems to be. Telling you. There's money, there's money on that East Cork Watford border, boy, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, come here, just before we leave the Queen, like, since she's now uh, the, the darling of the podcast, like, um, you, it's kind of misty here, and I'm about, I suppose, 30 miles directly north of Listowel here in West Clare. No, no, the, the, the tough down there, Dela, I don't think so, but we might be going towards the TJ's 
Banks now next uh, Thursday oh. night maybe. Oh, Galway. Island Tree. Limerick. Yeah. Oh. Alright, oh. okay. Listeners, we, we, we keep, we keep the eyes and ears open and the waves. We, well, you heard it here. Keep an eye. Put her into your trackers. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, we, we start this morning, I suppose, as we had a massive weekend of hurling again. Even though there was none in Cork, thank God we got a break from it for what we have to talk about next weekend. Well, <laughs> <laughs> in fairness to Larry, even though we weren't playing over the weekend, Larry covered a great in the examiner the Little All Ireland as well. Because as a Tipperary man, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm delighted to hear Larry is promoting the Little All Ireland era. Yeah, he, 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 there, was a, there was a touch of um, irony and a little irony, bit of sac- yeah. sacrosanct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a little bit of the old Tipperary breaking out there as he yeah, was saying yeah, it. Like, yeah. you know. Hell's Kitchen. I got a bit of Hell's Kitchen there now, but look, and fellas, I think he mentioned the double as well into the 30th year of the double hurling of football. So we'll keep the head down now for another couple of weeks, Dela. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are thinking about another double, though. Yeah, well, it might be this year, I'd say, somehow. <laughs> this year. <laughs> the, wind, the winter hurl of Monsuchi. I don't think so, no. <laughs> Hoagie's called, I'd say, a better set for it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> when, when, when you see Belly Hale Shamrock yesterday, you touch his Kilkenny all over again. Four goals in the first five minutes from Belly Hale. Yeah. yeah. On, on, on that, Brian, you, it was hard to see, like, like Clara had done well in the league section, mm-hmm. hadn't they? And I know your brother would have played with Clara and you, you, you have a fair idea what would be going on there. But like, Jesus, you couldn't see that coming out, could you? They've, they've had two ferocious battles the last two years, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, Clara would have always put it up to, to Ballyhale, you know, and put up to most teams. I mean, they've been there, thereabouts for the last number of years, if two county titles. And with, it, with this, I suppose, with this particular crop of players, um, a couple of them have, have come and gone, but the, the core of the team is still there, you know, with Leicester Ryan and, Liam, the brother, and a few others, but um, but yeah, look, Ballyhale, sure. I mean, it's different year, same story, really. In Kilkenny, in so far as you know, when it comes down to the business end of the season, they're always there, thereabouts. Um, they came off the back of the Club All Ireland, and you know, they were slow out of the blocks. They had a, a draw against Tullerone, and I think uh, by Colin's own admission there in an interview after the match, they were lucky to get the draw. Um, anyone that saw the match on TV, I think it was one of the first matches that was televised. It was a great match. You know, but again, that was even a sign of the quality they have. Most teams, when they're three points down, what do you do? You lorry the ball into the square and you hope for a break. They worked the ball up the field, never panicked, got the ball to the right guys in the right position, you know, and fell to TJ and they worked a move and scored a goal. Um, then we, they, played, they played my club, then played a lock and Gales, and we gave, them a, we, gave, you know, we gave them a good beat. And I mean, I suppose we were, we were looking at that match as a kind of a, a test of where we were at, you know. Um, any day you beat Ballyhill is a good day. Um, and we beat by nine points. Now, you know, they were missing one or two, and obviously Adrian Mullen is a long-term injury. But since then, you know, they're... Look, when it comes to championship, they just seem to know how to, to time it, you know. And again, the, the longer it goes on the championship, the harder they are to beat. You know, yeah. if you're going to beat them, you want to play them in a quarter-final. They're in a semi-final now. The village are going to find it very difficult to beat them, particularly the firepower they have. And uh, Yeah, they looked awesome. They looked awesome. Yeah. And what I was, was going to ask you, Brian, like, some of the lesser lights are really starting. We'll say lesser lights now. These are fellas with back-to-back All-Ireland club medals. Yeah, like, yeah, but you know, yeah. that's what I thought. Like, I, like Colin only came out with a point. Mm. 
but Colin to me is nearly playing the best hurling of his life at the moment. Like in, in, he'd a hand in three of the yeah. goals. Like yeah, I mean, what a target man, full forward line, club and county is turning out yeah. to be. Yeah, like I suppose there's a couple of things in that. Adelo. Um, first, Colin. Yeah, I mean, like he's the the guy is just so powerful. What they can do is they can bring on Reid out, kind of uh, floating, drifting out around, picking up loose ball because Colin is so strong that they know that if they deliver the ball in, he ties up two, three. Four, four defenders at stages, you know, because he's quick, he's able to cover the ground, and then he's able to hold the ball up. Um, so you can see it even for the first goal. I think there was, was there three clear defenders hanging out of him, and he still managed to hold him off and kick the ball. You know, so when you've got a guy in the inside line who you know if you're under pressure, you can deliver the ball in, and he's going to make it stick in there. That's massive. Now, saying that, more often than not, Valley Hill tend to deliver the ball, the right ball in. They rarely end up having to deliver, you know, a long ball in. They, 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 they always hurl their heads up. Um, so that's the first thing. I mean, to have Colin in there and to have him going, hurling as well as he is, is a huge asset for them. Um, but yeah, the lesser lights, I mean, Jesus, for years we would have played against him. You know, I was fortunate enough to win a couple of county titles in Kilkenny and, and that kind of thing. But the shadow of Ballyhaler is always there, you know. And I suppose when we were going strong, you had the Ballyhale team, you know, you argue, arguably probably the, the best one with, with Cha, Fende, Mick Fenley, Henry, TJ, all of their, their pomp. But it was always the guys... You know, it was the Mark Aylwards, it was the own reads. They were the guys that kill you. You'd be so yeah. focused on trying to hold Henry or hold TJ, and you'd have a game plan, and Jesus, it'd be own read to pop up at 2 3 or Mark Aylward to get a you know, these guys. And there was this perception that ah, their backs mightn't be as good as their forwards. But listen, every single one of those Ballyhale guys, or more, more, most of them have hurled underage for Kenny and have hurled under 21 for Kenny. They're all very accomplished hurlers in their own right. You'll rarely find a week. You know, a weak hurler in in a Valley Hill team. They're all well able to hurl their own positions. Yeah, and even even to me, your man Dean Mason and goal is really yeah. playing well as well. That's that's a tough ask for the village. They 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 held out against Mullinavas late a late battle. I'll have to ask you about the other semi final. It looks mouth watering. Your own boy he's yeah. in the borough, uh, a city a city derby. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, that's going to be a cracker. They they played a couple of weeks ago. It was only two weeks ago in the league final, um, and they had to be separated by penalties. Um, so there's nothing between them. I mean, these lads will know each other inside out because I suppose for the last ten, certainly ten years anyway, if not longer, Old Aucklands and Dixborough have been dominating in the underage. Um, you know, winning minors, sixteens, fourteens, etc., and twenty ones. Um, so they all know each other fierce well, and you know, it, it, it was a matter of. You know, could they, could each both clubs could they make that kind of step blend in all these young players get the right combination, you know? And both both teams have you know, and um, you know, obviously Bally, or the Borough got a county title here a few years ago, where where possibly you were caught last year by uh, Aaron's own in a, a dirty miserable day in Northern Park, and you know, um, got caught, brought into a dogfight, you know, and got caught, and I think they were. They were hurting after that, and I think they seem to be a team that's, you know, their management stayed on for another year, and I think they're a team that are on a mission to try and rectify the disappointment of last year, and ourselves as well, you know, I think we have a, you know, a very young side, you know, a good blend there with a couple of, you know, obviously with the likes of Hugh and Paddy um, backbone in the defence and that, so, yeah, that's going to be a great match, I think, you know, both are, you know, really good hurling teams, you know, um, they like to move the ball quick, and uh, it'll be, there's nothing between them, it'll be, that, that'll be, and of course, the City Derby as well, so... <laughs> There'll be plenty of niggle there as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I see Cody and DJ there together yesterday yeah. on TG Car. Uh, I'd say he's licking his chops with 
some of the stuff that's been thrown up anyway in fairness yeah i wonder which which side of the, the club uh, which which numbers of the club they got in under for for that match uh, <laughs> yeah. was there a side gate open to allow him in or what, what was the story but uh, i see him up in the stand i love to be a brave one um steward had stopped stop rain from coming in but uh yeah look i mean he's obviously he's he's dying now on what's coming you know in a couple of weeks time obviously when he gets when uh, hopefully when the lads come back in under the you know the with Kenny, but um, yeah, look, there's, there's plenty of lads to view on show, you know, and I suppose he's, uh, particularly with, you know, uh, he's the Dixborough and the Lachlan's, you know, there's a couple of other lads that were on the under-21s who I'm sure he's looking at, but look, two great semi-finals, a double header in the park as well, where I know we were discussing there offline, and yeah. this one's a double header on, on, and I think it's been broadcast live on TV as well, so I think there'll be definitely be more, there'll be, hopefully there'll be a better contest than what we saw yesterday between Clara and Bally Hale, you know, I'd, I'd imagine the match yeah. will be a lot closer. Is it is it next weekend or the weekend after, Brian? Um, I think it's I think it's this weekend coming. Right, um, okay. Just check now, but I, I'm fairly sure it was this weekend coming. Um, I'll come back to you on that one. Brian, Brian, did, Brian did you did, did you think there was a couple of fellas stood out yesterday for Belly Hale? That um, I thought Richie Reid centre back was very yeah. very wing forward. Is it Evan Shefflin? Yeah, and, yeah. And the forward as well. The the, the fellow that played with um, Keown was on the final couple of years. Oh, Cody. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Owen Cody. I mean, Evan, Evan, and uh, Owen have been in with the the Kilkenny squad last year, kind of on the, on the fringes, training. They were core members of the the under twenty one squad. Um, I think Owen is, you know, I mean, you can see the talent he has. You know, even when the game was typical Valley Hill, the game was done and dusted, and he just to turn the way he took control of the ball and turned all in one motion. Yeah, completely took the defender out of it, and most players would stick the ball over the bar. No, he went for the top corner and nearly pulled it off. Um, and Evan Shefflin, obviously, look, you can't beat the breeding, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a super hurler and he's been, you know, so consistent for Ballyhale, you know, for such a guy at such a young age. Um, so those two, yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, throughout the team, I mean, there's, they're just, they, they, they've always offered, you know, um, you know, great, great service. Kenny. And, and the thing that really struck me with Ballyhale was the last number of years, they've had five and six guys in there, the Kenny team, which is a huge you know, for a club then to lose five or six guys, you know, when you were trying to have training sessions, particularly for a rural country club, you know, and you're trying to run training sessions, organise challenge matches, and you're missing five, five or six of your best players. But they just seem to be able to manage it. You just get on with it. And then when these guys come back in, there's, yeah. there's no issue, you know. Yeah, you mentioned Richie Reid, who's slotted in centre-back uh, now that Mick Fenley's retired. Uh, yeah. Richie obviously was there for years as the sub-goalie. Um, but, you know, you can see, look, accomplished harder in his own right. He's a super distributor of a ball. Um, so yeah, and the, the other thing that struck me yesterday was the physicality of the game. And mm. I suppose we've seen an awful lot of games being streamed now live all year and a different standard of refereeing. But I suppose there was a, a right house shamazel in the second half now. And um, I think there was one of the, the wing backs, was it uh, Adrian Mullins' brother? I came in for a fair bit of treatment. I think there was about five or six fillers that happened at one stage, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, Mark, but before we go to you on that, Brian, my own club, um. We were playing in the Senior B semi-final and picking four points up coming down into injury time as well and we're brought to extra time. A lot of refs playing for this extra time. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, look, we were beaten by our old rivals in the market anyway. But lads, at half time, there was, uh, the score was 12 points to 11 and of that, 12 of those were frees that were scored now. Now, I wasn't there because I was trying to watch the Belly Hale game and I'd have missed it. But, like, that's not freeze out of the full back line and other freeze like that. Now I counted seven freeze in the first half between 
Ballyhale and Clara. And yeah. three of those were technical frees. One for steps, one for a ball picked off the ground, and one for a dropped hurley for a hand pass. So the way, yeah. dropped a hurley for a hand pass. So it was only four, four frees blown. Like, I mean, for, mm. for me, it's a ferocious contrast. Yeah, it, it, and, and lot, like we saw the Glen and the Bears game earlier on this year where Rob Downey was sent off, got a red card for the slightest little poke. And you see the fullback Galvin, I think, and TJ Reid. They were, you know, getting fairly well acquainted just that There wasn't even a side of a card. And I mean, this definitely does a different standard of refereeing in Kilkenny to most other counties, I would. And then there's a general respect amongst the players that they don't go over the top. And that's probably happening in other places where a little bit of niggle starts, then it, it, it becomes something where the referee has to deal with it. Yeah. But there's, there's a big difference, Brian. Yeah, like I, there, was, there was a tweet floating around there during the week. I think it was, it was a Monlehone were playing down in Tip and uh, the cornerback came across and Gave a gave the corner forward whoever they were playing against a great shoulder and just in the last play of the game and you know there was people commenting on the fact like, that the ref didn't give it you know you'd see that as given as a penalty and God your man would probably be sent off and it was just great time shoulder flattened him dispossessed him cleared him off the field game over and you know I think like a bit of common sense as well like those couple of instances that you mentioned there was nothing in them like even yeah. even Mullins you know the Mullin getting thrown to the ground okay you know there's a bit of a shamaz it was frustration out of Clara because. They knew the game was gone away from them. They just, you know, they had to try something, you know. And, you know, look, you, you, if you want to hit TJ, TJ's well able to mind himself. There's no way. You could see him. He was laughing at your man. You know, he, there was no issue. It was nothing, there was nothing terrible about it. It was a couple of lads throwing shoulders, squaring up, looking at each other, and then laughing. And a bit yeah. of verbals. And that was it. And as you said, it didn't get out of hand. It just moved on. The ref came on and said, cop on, get on with the game. And, and that was it. Um, so I think it's I think it's if it gets out of control, you know, and I think in those situations there's there's enough respect that look, right, we'll try and sort out next time the ball comes in or whatever, yeah. but that's it, move yeah. on. Yeah. Um yeah, and as you mentioned, Dale, like the couple of frees that we're giving away were more kind of technical frees, which you know mm. is fine. You can't, you know, more often you can't really dispute them, but look, we're all hurling lads, we just want to see the game flow. You never want to see any dangerous play, obviously. Um, but more often than not, it is a physical game, and I think that was some of the kind of conversation that was going on um, online was that we were running to run the risk of uh, of the physicality being taken out of the game. So it's getting that balance right, and I certainly didn't think there was anything, you know, during the game that we saw that warranted kind of any further action. I, I, th- um, I thought it was massively physical, but fair and sporting, and it's no different to the Belly Hale Tolerone game that was televised as well at the start of the year. That was ferociously physical as well, but yeah, very yeah. fair as well. Yeah, and look, I can only speak for obviously from my own experience, but you know, we mentioned uh, down the years playing them, and obviously the village uh, would have played Valley Hale, and they were the team to beat, and they would have got hot and heavy for sure, you know, and you know the key guys. But look, at the end of the day, when when the when the whistle went, you kind of just had to, par- you know, you just park it, you move on, and that probably came from the top down in terms of what was laid out in terms of our training sessions, etc. But yeah, like you know, when you've got lads are ultra competitive, you know, your Tommies, your Jackies, and Henry's and all these guys, you know, when they're going toe to toe wearing their club jerseys, they're not going to take a backward step. But once it's done, it's done. And you know, thankfully, more often than not, you don't see too much kind of going 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 overboard. Certainly within the Kilkenny County, that's not, you know, from my own experience anyway. But yeah, it was a good championship it, 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 match. It, it kind of reminds me of we got a meeting myself and Richie Stakeland when we were at Dublin with Joe Schmidt one time, and he told us that he was kind of overseeing the different standards in the provinces with say Munster, Leinster, Connacht, and all. Start and that the be style of play would be kind of not dictated by him, but that he would be encouraging them for the sake of Ireland. 
that they would play in a certain way. I'd say there's a bit of an overlord thing in Kilkenny as well, that this is the way it should be ref, lads, and this is the way we're doing it here. It's, it must be great to have those sort of resources that you can bring Joe Schmidt into the camp for those. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I'll tell, tell you a good one about it to make it fast. Uh, Richie knew something that knew him. I think it was your man Carney who was the team manager and, and Joe's obviously. And Joe says, yeah, I'll, I'll give him an hour. He says, you know. <laughs> so next thing, uh, Richie said, Schmidt is going to give us an hour. Jesus, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I said, half five at his office, which is <laughs> up down near Lansdowne Road. Like, where it's yeah. half five. <laughs> Jesus. I'll tell you, yeah. Uh, it was a bit of an eye opener, right? Yeah, he gave us yeah, an hour. Yeah. He gave us an hour and he proceeded to milk us about what we were doing. <laughs> like I oh, have the good ones yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, I was going to say before you move away from Belly Hader Adrian Mullen obviously who's the making yeah. the, probably one of the, the better forwards in the game I'd say into the future is he gone for the year like will we see him in a Kenny Short possibly in maybe October November yeah, yeah there's talks that he, I mean his recovery is, is coming along really well I've heard from the conversations I've had here he's certainly putting the work in that's, that's for sure and uh uh, I know when the lads saw him in the gym there recently, he's looking, he's looking fit, you know. Um, and yeah, there is, there's, there's, there's murmur, you know, there's talks that there's a potentially he could see, you could see him um, in the black and amber, you know, if, uh, later in the year if, if things go keep progressing as they as they are, which would be super, you know. But again, with these, uh, with these type of injuries, it's really until you get onto the pitch and start moving, you know, and and doing kind of, you know, full contact, you know, yeah, see, yeah, you don't yeah. have any reactions. But yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's. Yeah. He'd be yeah, some addition, he'd be some oh, addition, huge. Huge. and even for a better belly hair, we'll have him on that. And the last thing for me is, um, we just have a small little accumulator going on there between us all, right? And I stuck a Lachlan Gales into uh, for a bit of value for the Kilkenny Championship. So I'm looking for a bit of uh, inspiration here before I go, or a bit of confidence <laughs> behind the Lachlan Gales. <laughs> Yeah, well, TJ, I have no influence on it now because my days are done now trying to <laughs> trying to stop Mad Hill and, and the village and the borough and these things. But uh, but yeah, look, I mean, genuinely, like I, I called, I was doing a bit for the local radio there earlier on, um, you know, maybe a month or two ago. And the three teams I kind of thought, thought would be there in the melting pot, obviously Bally Hill and I felt the borough and the Lachlan's. Um, obviously, I'm probably looking to rose tinted glasses with my own club, but I genuinely, I just, I felt, if you look at, at Dixborough, I saw one of their games, I was really impressed with the way they, they were moving, but the way they're hurling, the athleticism that they have in their team and the hurlers. And I thought, looking at the guys we have, I thought we have to be there in the mix. Um, so look, it, it, either, you know, and obviously the village are the village, you know, they're always, they're always there, you know, they're hard to beat and they have this swagger, you know, they, they'll, they're one of the few teams that go up against Bally Hill and there'll be no inferiority complex or no fear. But um, yeah, no, TJ, I genuinely, I think, you know, um, I saw the, the boys playing the last day. They look good. There's areas for improving for sure. But look, Paddy and Hugh are flying it. They're really kind of, you know, the, 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 the strength. When you have a, an inter-county, two inter-county players, you're yeah. full-back and, and centre-back. And Paddy driving forward. That, that adds a lot of kind of uh, confidence to the team. And, we, you know, we have a lot of guys who have been in there, hurling with Kenny, the seniors, just getting experience. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's, 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 it's worth, you know, it's worth, it's worth a punch anyway for sure. Thanks, Brian. That's, that's enough for me. That's great. <laughs> you bring me in a week, on. And that match is on this weekend. That match is on this weekend. The two of them, Dale. Two of them. Yeah, Saturday, double header yeah. there. Uh, Larry, yeah, yeah, Larry yeah. sent us a message through there as well. Like, yeah. so don't be ringing me, TJ, Sunday, giving out to me you now if things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been already done. I've been already done. <laughs> yeah, Brian, of the four accumulators that we've done and we've agreed to share if they <laughs> click, uh, two of them have gone down already, including my own. And Larry's on the Tipperary okay. Hurling Championship. <laughs> Erog Nina, in my case, uh, 
bookies' favourites after their huge win against Turles. And in Larry's case, uh, Newport, beaten by Owen Kelly, age 39 or 40. <laughs> 51 or was that last-minute tackle you were talking about, Brian? Oh, that last-minute last tackle, that was the one, yeah, that was the one. It could have been. Well, I, know, I, I know Paul Curran was turning it anyway because he was in the, cli- the, the clip, so it could have been. I'm not sure, was it, uh, was it the, the, the senior grade? But yeah, yeah, it's his... Um, Right, but the omens are not good. That's what you're saying, Jaylo. Well, we, we the two big punters like are still standing. So and myself okay. and Larry are in on a, a quarter. I can't even understand so. the two knowledgeable fellas. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh no, the two big punters go here, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, uh, it was it was um, the business end in Galway kicked off, and you got your business done. I played my tenor, and I I watched you. Behaving yourself on the sideline, even though the row just before half time was very near you. It was very near me, Dilo, yeah. Um, look, two quarterfinals played in Ballinasloe on Saturday, yeah, and two on Sunday. So uh, Thomas is in Capitagal coming through, and they happened to draw each other then, and they play each other in the semi final. And I played the tenor for the two games on Sunday, Dilo, watching the other opposition, and then as Murphy's Law would have it, we drew Capitagal. But the two games on Sunday were very good, Lock Ray. You'll we'll, we'll get win. that tenor back, though. Well, as you, you know ourselves, they always play some Martins. Sorry, Lock Ray, very impressive again against Mellows. I had a good win. And I suppose for me, the, 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 the real, I suppose, piece of form to pick up was Turlock Moore. Really, really impressive day yesterday evening against Sars. Did a great win. They won by five in the finish, but Sars got a goal there in the second half. So they were eight up, hurled a storm in the second half. So, uh, yeah, Turlock Moore, big, big, big danger coming down the track. But look, we can only play what's in front of us. So right now, in two weeks' time, looking like probably Sunday week, uh, Thomas's will play Capitagal and Turlock Moore will play Lock Ray in the other semi. Right, so you've deflected uh, from St. Thomas's there very, very cleverly. Uh, what I want to say from watching it there is um, it was a tactical kind of game. I thought your move of Fenton Bork back to full back was a superb success. He, w- he was an absolute man of the match, I felt, back there for you. Yeah, re- real powerful, strong defender. Um, Brian was talking about Colin Finley earlier on about the strength of him in full forward. And look, I suppose with Shane Cooney at six and Fenton at three, there's a really strong spine in, in, in the team. Um, and it's working well for us. And look, there was plenty of activity there in the last five or ten minutes and Fenton came out with a load of them. Yeah, they played very well. But look, good, good win for us. I wouldn't say it was anything more than business-like, Dilo. It was, it was a win that you take in the quarterfinal. We certainly have work to do. We certainly have improvements to make. Would that performance be good enough to win a semi-final? I doubt it. So look, we're back in the training ground this week. It's two weeks. And like most club teams, the whole focus on it, matches coming thick and quick every week or every two weeks. It certainly helps because for the last number of years, the Galway County final has run out to, I think, in the middle of November and just drives on for ages. So this is coming nice and quick. So we get back in the training going this week and look forward to semi-final. We yeah, have improvements to make, Dillo. Are you out next weekend, TJ? No, it's so, 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 it looks like it'll be two games will be on. I'd say in Athenry, probably Sunday week. I would say that, like every other county, um, those four teams, like to be honest, semi final day in Galway, right? The two semi finals are played in Athenry. I don't know if you guys have played in Athenry, it's, it's a Coliseum like effect. Right? <coughs> semi final day in Galway is just unreal atmosphere, uh, great tension, usually two really competitive semi finals. Last couple of years has been brilliant, uh, packed house. And I'd say maybe the Galway County Board are hoping or maybe really wishing for some sort of a reprieve maybe this week from the, from the government and effort that they might be able to have some numbers at the game. 
And yeah. is, a foot, is a football is a football next weekend so in, in Galway, TJ? I don't know why he's a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that Dahi Borkley be playing for Corofinda. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, 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 they don't they don't play football in St. Thomas's. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's it's been every second week in in Galway, Mark. So there will be football next week, and then there's the following week. Um, is the yeah. Okay. Yeah, mate, TJ, just just that one one thing I noticed um, performed superbly and probably the highest rated fullback in the country, Di Burke, playing midfield for Torlock. Yeah, he was midfield for him there for, for, for last, last year as well. And you know, Torlock, the way they play the game, they kind of try and move the ball through the lines, try and keep possession as, as good as they could. They have some like uh, kind of Walsh, the Loftus is there, some really, really tasty forwards. Um, so the way they play, Jamie Holland's hitting the pocket there in the back. So they, they, they have a very, very strong group of players. I think Turlock Moore are actually in the intermediate semi-final in Galway as well. They'll just give you the strength of the squad that they have. And their second team is in the intermediate semi-final. So a lot of players. But yeah, Dahi has been playing midfield for them. Um, like Ronan Burke plays, plays at fullback. So obviously they had that position covered. That gives Dahi the, the option to, to play. And at the start of the second half yesterday, if anybody wants to watch it, uh, Dahi Burke was uh, pushing forward and he got two, I think, of the first three points in play at the start of the second half. So the man can score two. Yeah, and just, I suppose it was a bit of an eyebrow-raising one. Lockery scoreline Mellows just kind of out of gas or looked tired or that. Or Yeah, like Mellows probably won, won Lock, the teams. Lockery, Lockery haven't brought back Johnny Maher or anything, no? No, not yet. But... The, <laughs> the, 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 to be fair, to be fair to Mellows, I suppose they they've been in the last three county finals, and this was their third week in the bounce as well. Like they had their last group game, they went to the preliminary quarter final and then quarter final, so it just looked like as if that third week in a row had that sort of an effect on, on Mellows. They didn't seem to be at the pitch that they normally are at. Like, and, you know, I mean, they tried hard, but just couldn't get the scores, get themselves back in the game. Now, I don't want to deflect it from Lockray at the same time. They got some lovely scores. You know, like they had 19 points probably on the board and got about 50 minutes, like which is fair score. And so, yeah, impressive enough from, from there. So, look, competitive semi-finals coming down the track. Won't be a lot in it. As I said, that, that doubleheader probably coming down the track and that's in right. So, plenty to play for. Yeah, and, and, and Capitagle, like you have to say, for a team that would have traditionally maybe been junior even, up and one intermediate and, and, and now to be at the business end in Galway is great going by them, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think... Capitagle, to the best of my knowledge, has been beaten in the last three county semi-finals. So this is going to be their fourth semi-final in a row. So can you imagine if you were in the Capitagle? I think it's, I think it's the same group and the same management team as well. So four years in a row, you'd be kind of saying, like, let's get this hurdle jumped. So yeah, that's going to present its own problem for us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And look, lads, um, I suppose moving on uh, to tip, um, you know, I suppose two very disappointing scorelines really. Um, the Saturday evening game, I, I streamed that one. I'm owed a fortune and expenses off somebody, but I don't know who. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, are, you we, are you saying that the Irish Examiner now should be starting to go to all the other counties and do the free live streaming? Well, we have other, a yeah, well, other, well, in fairness to Claire, they showed a few games free. You now, the streaming has been a bit hit and miss, all right, but uh, they showed a few games free, but not. Yeah, yeah, they should. I think the local papers in places maybe should look at it uh, even. Because the Cork thing is unreal, to be it, fair. It is definitely... Like, I, I couldn't believe that there was 24,000 people watched the Middleton and Douglas game. That's a massive, massive number. Yes. I mean, and I, I definitely think the live streaming, I hope the clubs will take it on board themselves and start live streaming because 
there are a lot of, we'll say, the elderly people that have stopped going, we'll say, to the, to the city to watch matches and stuff like that because they just they can't get parking near the field. It's an hour to get there, an hour home. But if you can pay your fiver or whatever it is, no, it's, it's free, obviously, in Cork, but I, I say they will be charging maybe into the future. But if clubs can get together and pay 100 quid or 125 quid between them to live stream a match back to their older patrons, I think, in the villages and towns, I think is a massive thing going forward. Some of those yeah. local commentaries have been very funny and very good as well. Yeah, just kind of uh, <laughs> few of them on Twitter, so you do get that, that, that special effect. The other thing too is what I saw yesterday is the quality of the two in Galway were really, really good. And it's great to be able to sit back and I suppose um, anybody sitting at home now with a smart TV on a Sunday there to be able to watch your club, I do agree with Mark there, it's brilliant. Look, most counties wouldn't have the financial resources that Cork would have, but maybe down the road when there's a bit more kind of fairness and handing all the stuff out <laughs> and all the money out, a bit like Dublin, yeah, we might have free streaming in places like Limerick and Clarendale. All right. Yeah, bang on, TJ. And I, I give credit where it's due here to the Antrim County Board on Facebook. They streamed their semi-finals live uh, from Dunsilly in Belfast yesterday. And I sent you on a picture there that I just took <laughs> from my own phone. The crowd that was there um, must have been pushing the 400 total anyway for one side <laughs> of the field. But geez, lads, two epic games and the two city clubs. And I know all Antrim Gales would love to see Belfast coming back as a force in hurling. Um, but just so unlucky, Donovan Rossa and St. John's, uh, John's beaten an extra time and, 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 and Rossa beaten uh, um, had been a point up and conceded two points in injury time. I think. It was one of those games, Anthony, was it 11 minutes of injury time in the game at the end? I never saw the likes of it in my life, Mark. Like I, <laughs> I know there's injury time now with the water breaks and there was an injury or two. But Jesus, 11, 41 minutes he blew it up like, you know, like John's were ahead. Then Lockheed got ahead and it seemed to me to be a bit of an injustice. And it seemed to me he nearly waited for John's to get an equaliser in because he might have felt he, he had done. Like, let's, uh, is this a bit of a, there's so many of these extra times now starting to occur. Like, I mean, I watched the Clare Intermediate uh, semi final yesterday and I'm not, I'd have no axe to grind or, or skin in the game in either the two clubs, uh, Smith O'Brien's Killaloo and Cora Finn. Uh, two good hurling clubs, you know, there'd be two good crowds and, and a lot of footballers playing as well for Cora Finn, like Sir Jamie Malone and Keno D, be well, better known as Clare footballers, but they got a free to win it uh, well into injury time, Cora Finn. Now, a chance to win it. It would have been a tough free over on the sideline. But about seven seconds later, when the shamazel was kind of cleared, um, about 15 yards away, a Corafin lad kind of dunted a Killaloo lad who was running up the field. Whether he was running to go back up for the puck out or whatever, like, thinking it'd be allowed. Next thing, linesman put up his flag, called the ref, and the ball was thrown in. And as soon as the throw in, ball was thrown in, he blew the whistle extra time. Oh, my God. Like, right. like, yeah. I, I, there's no way I could tell you. Now, book your man that give the dunt fair enough. Yeah. Or put him off if he had to be put off. Yeah. How the free could be overturned and it's nothing to do with two players involved in the free, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I just think true. there is a little bit of a tendency at the moment. You know, and I'm wondering, and coming near the business end in a lot of the championships, will, will we see more of the dreaded penalty shootouts as a result? Yeah, no, what's happening there, right, is at the moment, what seems to be standard is in the first half, the referees are playing about 33 minutes. They're alone for two or three minutes, what about play 33 minutes. In the second half, then, they're assuming that there's a number of subs made, even though there might be maybe only one or two subs made. Then they're just making that assumption and they play 66, 67. Two things I would say is, right, is 
psychologically in a dressing room, where we have spoken about it is that, you know, if you're coming into the 56, 57 minutes of a game now and you kind of, the clock says there's two or three minutes left, there's actually 10 nearly, right? So it's, it, it can have a big difference. So if you're two or three points down, rather than that panic setting in, there's 10 minutes to play. So that's going to be a factor for coaches. But the timing, and I know we spoke about this in the past about the referees, the, the second thing I would say is, when I'm involved in the 14s, right? When we play a match at the end of training, right? And you try to pick the two teams even, right? Then one team, you're going to say, oh, Jesus, after going three goals up, right? Trying to make it competitive, right? Then you start playing with the team that's behind, whatever, right? I think that there's a sense of that in the referees. If you watch games going down the stretch, right? If your team is three points down, right? You will get a free that little bit handier than the team who's three points up to work for that a little bit more. And definitely, right, if there's only one point in it, everyone in the crowd round the grounds, he's going to make a draw this anyway. It's, it's nearly in the mindset now at this stage. And I know maybe referees are getting a bit of steep this morning, but that professionalism has to come into play. It's either a free or it's not. And that brings us to puck outs, right? Some of the stuff that happened in Galway was just bonkers that I've seen. Some of them let the quick puck out go. Some of them don't. Some of them let it go on a wide. Like the, the rule at the moment is you can go if the ball is wide. You, ha you have to wait for the referees not to score, but you could get anything on a given day. I think I, I've, I've thought that has been noticeable. Wow. And I've said it to one or two refs that I, I was covering matches, uh, doing co commentary, that, that uh, you, blew, you blew back there for a quick puck out. That's not been done since we came back from the COVID. Yeah. And we were just laughing about it, myself and the ref. Like, but uh, I, I think that has been very noticeable. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting as well. And, and you know, if all things were equal, we'd probably be all on here talking about inter-county matches and the way things are shaping up. And obviously, have been exposed to so many club matches now. And for the different counties, you know, we're all watching, you know, the Limerick and the Galway yeah. matches in the court. And, you know, you, Mark mentioned the, the difference in terms of, I suppose, within the Kilkenny Club hurling and the physicality, you know, which is different. You know, you can see the different styles within the different counties because you're seeing it at a club level as opposed to the elite, you know, the, the, at the, the inter-county level. But you're seeing the difference in terms of the refereeing as well and interpretation. And it's not the same panel of five or six referees that we're used to at inter-county level. You're seeing all the local referees and, you know, they're not, I suppose they're not getting the, the, the training or support that you would get at inter-county level and the assessment and the reviews, etc. So you're seeing quite a bit... Uh, a broader variance in terms of their interpretation of the rules and times and etc. You know, and guy, you are, like, you are a hoggy, but uh, there's a few of them I've seen that I'm saying, why aren't we seeing them in the inter-county level yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, well, it works both ways, you know. But uh, you know, yeah. again, some some of the guys, you know, and you, maybe someone makes a great a great flick, you know, with a hurl, and this was a bunch of because of the clash of a hurl, it's like a oh, slap down of a hurl, free out, and you know, or as you, as you say, moving reversing the decision and giving a throw in when it should be just a free and you know these, these kind of things and you're going Jesus you know but yeah at the same time you see some referees and they've done a great job and let the match flow and there's been no issue so it's just interesting when you see it across a broader I suppose landscape you know not just uh, the seven or eight counties and the referees it's across all the club matches that maybe well, I, I think Brian you make a very valid point there and, and one of the things if referees are to improve is actual continuous assessment and there is no assessment at club level majorly in Cork, certainly at this moment in time, where you know, a fellow refereeing a junior and intermediate or a senior match for that matter is called in on Tuesday night, and you know, there's two assessors or three assessors that have been at the game and said, Look, you, you blew for X, Y, and Z, and you allowed a sharp puck out, you didn't allow a sharp puck out. And if there is an assessor there in the background, that actually will smarten up a referee very, very fast. I mean, I, I have a buddy of mine who refs in the lower leagues in the soccer. And there are three assessors at every match. And on the Tuesday after the match, he'll get a written statement 
of his performance for the game. Now, if a fella is serious about improving as a referee and he knows there's three assessors there at every match, he'll have to improve because if you're making the same mistake on a consistent basis, we're going to be out of a job. Well, yeah, I suppose it's a balance because I think we've been here complaining about assessors as well at some points in the Intercounty, you know, and the way refs are not being allowed to ref, you know, and I suppose, you know, one of the, the refs I always enjoyed hurling under was Brian Gavin, who kind of <laughs> didn't really listen to anyone, any assessors. He just refed it as he saw the match and let it flow more so. But I, I do take your point, Mark, that in terms of a, a certain level of standardisation, but but look, there hasn't been any, as far as I can remember, any, in any of the matches I've watched, any kind of really blatant, horrendous decisions that have cost a team. It's just, it's just interesting just to see the kind of... Yeah. The variance, and, and just even from a hurling perspective, just you know the the, the way the matches being played in, in say in Tipperary or in Cork, you know, compared to the style, the way teams are lay, laying out their teams, you know, even in the Dublin County Championship, you know, and the way that you know counties are, are I suppose, the more fluid in terms of their forwards as opposed to the structure, or dropping sweepers back. It's just you know, it's just been interesting seeing those matches where you wouldn't have seen as many of them. You might only just see a county final, you know, other years. And you know, uh, Hoggy, we know you, you used to like Brian Gavin. We we were well aware of that fact. Of it. Um, <laughs> uh, I am. We're not referee bashing lads. I've been no, no, no. I've been pleasantly surprised with the yeah, referee. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the point I'm making is: where are some of these guys that I've seen streaming games? And I thought, you know, even the couple of years I was involved with Kim McCudd there in Dublin. Jeez, I thought there was a couple of very good young referees, and I was saying, why aren't they getting national league games at least? And now. I'm starting to see them appearing. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I think overall we're positive with the refs. It's mm-hmm. just, as TJ, I suppose, it is kind of that human nature as well, though, that the ref is on display as well, right? And when we get these draws and these dramatic extra times, it's, it, was, it was like who was playing. And I mentioned, we'll say, Smith O'Brien's and Corrafin. Smith O'Brien's and Corrafin, extra time. Killaloo won it in extra time. Just who was reffing that, lads? That was a great game. Like, there's a little bit of that as well that I suppose we all had as players as well that you wanted to be you know, having a great game. Like, Would you take a time after a referee? Oh, definitely. Like, def- like, going down the stretch, right, the referee's under serious pressure here to make the right calls. Like, in a, in a, in a really heated pressure cooker, right? One point up, one point down, right? Trying to make the right call, right? And then he's trying to decide because... You know yourself, right? A team goes a pint up, right? And it's a puck out. Am I giving them one more chance or not, right? Like, that's a difficult call for a referee in the pressure cooker. So, maybe. Now, who would do it at a club game? Would you give it to one of the linesmen or what? Yeah, I see the whole logistics. We all talk like this black card in the football now. And I've, I've been at a couple of club football games because where, where I'm living, the local boys are in the semi-final Saturday of the intermediate. And I went to their first two rounds um, before we were locked out, whether we'll get in this weekend, I don't know. But um, it's, you've seen the black card and you know, your, your man has gone to the sin bin in for 10 minutes. You're saying, yes, this is going to be tough. Like to, but what it is forcing is like, I don't know if we ever get to the case like junior soccer in Cork, where all the money is, obviously, where we have three assessors at each game. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable, boy. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, hey, boy. Dan how's it going? John Delaney's from Afrero. Just three oh, assessors there watching your kid. So, Dalo, what we've taken from this call is there's loads of money in East Cork for the golf, there's loads of money in junior soccer in Cork, and there's loads of money for the streaming of live senior hurling matches in Cork. Yeah, you've got it in one, Brian. You've got it in one. <laughs> yeah, and the stadium. And yeah, the and stadium. the stadium, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we have in the Bob. 
Yeah, that's and and, ho- and horses have been set up for Galway or Limerick in a couple of weeks, and there's a county like, but they always have to pour them out at the end of the oh, day. Yeah. Like, yeah, but come here, lads. Back to those Tipperary semi-finals. I suppose we didn't see the score lines coming, like, and like sport is amazing, lads. Isn't it? We we were here last week. We we Ken Hogan with us. Now, the one thing I will say about Ken's assessment of going into the weekend was that Lockmore Castellani are a great club. Like he, he, he was strong on that. He said they're big day performers. And we were raving about, because Ken had started earlier on with us, tip Turles. There was something about Turles that we're going to give us. Larry's still going and we're going to give it one. And then Jake Morris liked to destroy Turles on his own. Three, seven to a point at halftime. Yeah. And then Jake misses... Freeze in front of the goal, a handy enough chance of a goal that he put wide, and then gets a red card out of pure frustration. Oh, a very young player and a very, very talented player now. And it wasn't just Jake. Nina, Nina, you know, uh, Barry Heffernan was injured and had to come off, and Hugh Maloney was ruled out before the game. But an amazing lads in seven days. They went from the heights of beating Tullus Sales, probably the favourites for the championship, to then, I suppose. All, all you've mentioned there about Jake and the, and the other lads and stuff like that, but it, it just shows you how fickle the whole, it can be. And I suppose they're, they're still a very young team as well. And I know there's a couple of lads there, there's a huge Maloney now and stuff like that, but the big thing is that Lockmore, Kessler, what a club. And, and Ken touched on it last week. He said, well, it's just hurling or football. It doesn't matter to them. They'll put down the hurlers to go footballing and vice versa. And they're still involved in the football as well, Anthony. So, yeah, Clamell in the semi-final, yeah. yeah. No, I suppose that, that will be difficult because Clamell, I think, would be favourites to win that championship. But they'll be giving it. A, they'll be giving everything there, like, you know. Or my Rovers, I think, is in the, in the semi-final. Yeah, yeah. We've, um, been, we've been corrected by the tip man there that follows the football as well. I didn't realise Temple Derry followed <laughs> the football there, Larry. The Kenyans, the, but I suppose it's, it's the McGraths, like the Nords and the Bryans and the John McGraths. And they were outstanding as well the other night, like. Yeah, not just them, though, in fairness, but I have to touch on, and I want to ask you about this, Hoagie, now, and I want to, like, see, you've, you, you've gone a good while now, Hoagie, so you can tell us, like, this, right? Right. You, John McGrath, playing 11, like, and I think Liam Sheedy will be licking his lips as well at this, like, you, John McGrath scoring six and play, six and freeze, I think it was, or six and five, and, like, he didn't play as your 11, and Barry Heffernan, now, who I will give him to his credit, had an, was carrying an ankle injury, very obvious, but he, he sat. No, yeah. you were a good man. You were a good man to sit. Let's <laughs> say it like you protected your full back line. Yet that was yeah, tactics. Yeah. You didn't do tactics, but funny enough, you always found yourself around the 45. We won't and go down even, that rabbit hole. <laughs> but look, like Nina seemed to have no plan for John McGrath if Barry was going to sit yeah. and protect. Like, I mean, like I have to ask you, like, what way? You needn't tell us the ins and outs or the individuals, but yeah. obviously you had guys, and geez, I, pro- I probably tried it myself a few times, guys to play off you. And was it was it a midfielder to pick him up? Was it the opposite centre forward? Because yeah. if you give John McGrath that kind of yeah. space, yeah. John McGrath put the ball over the bar yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or set up a goal. Yeah, and and like it's never a hard and fast rule, Dale, because I mean, what you do if you're marking Tony Kelly. At centre back is very different to what you'll be doing if you're marking, you know, a, a very different style of player who maybe can't put a ball over the bar from a hundred yards, you know, go pick up a ball in his own half back line and run at you. Or so, but more often than not, I mean, well, primarily it's not it's your two midfielders in your half forward line, really. You know, you want you want to get bodies as many bodies in around that area of the field as you can. Um, you know, and there's different examples, different teams do it like a, with a bit of cork and 
would have played against Niall McCarthy, who would have dropped out, you know, and would have been a primary ball winner for the lads and would have dropped out. And do you want to follow him? And then you leave a big hole, you know, and then, you know, come up against Waterford and they have. But if you're going to sit in the pocket, you're very reliant on the guys in front of you. You know, you're very, and I suppose we were fortunate in that you had guys who were very disciplined, you know, like Fenno and, 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 and Cha and Ricey there, who, you know, they knew the role, you know, it wasn't a case they were going up the field looking for their scores. They knew what their role was. And if it was a case that they had to pick up two players for, for a couple of seconds, you know, until another body could get there to support them, then they do that, you know. Um, you know, and it's, it's thinking on your feet and, you know, there's, I can think of numerous examples, but it's not just a simple thing of, right, well, I'm going to sit in the pocket anyway and it's up to the boys out there or, you know, to, to pick up the man, you know, because at the end of the day, if, if, if John McGrath goes out the field and he picks off three or four points, very quickly, people are starting to turn to the centre back and go, "Well, you could push out on him, you know? Will you do? You know what? Yeah. You, so, and sometimes it's you're 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 trying to second guess him. I mean, I remember we went on to to Cusick Park uh, near the end of my career, and again, I think it was Tony was playing centre forward, and you know, again, the perception would have been, "Oh, he's going to sit in the pocket," and I'm not saying it worked out or anything, but but what I did was, well, I'm going to follow him for the first five six minutes, yeah. just to try and throw him off a bit because he's not going to be expecting that. Now, trying to tr- trying to follow that ladder on the field is is easier said than done. But again, just make them think. And then as the match kind of settled down, you sit back into the pocket. But I mean, you can't, you, can, you, you, can, you just can't. Like Noel was the same. I would have marked Noel against Tip. Like, you know, and like a guy with the wrists like that, you know, if, he, if a ball breaks anywhere from 80, 90 yards out, he's, he's capable of sticking it over the bar. Whereas some lads, you can let him off and you know whether going to hit it is going to be in on top of you. So, you know, it's, it, it, you kind of, you do kind of have to read the game as it's panning out. And as I always say, look, if the first three balls come in and I end up clearing them, the pressure's on him to come in on me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, So it's yeah. a game of chess as well, um, to a certain extent. But uh, you do, yeah, at the end of the day, like you know, when, when John McGrath's after doing that sort of damage and Barry Heffernan was clearly carrying an injury, was he the right lads to, to pick him up? You know, would you be a matter of maybe putting him out half-back and, and put a guy who was more mobile? They obviously had their, their idea at the beginning. No, we'll have Barry sitting and try and prevent any goals being conceded. But yeah, a lot of the caliber of John McGrath, you just you know. Yeah, they had they had Dara Quinn who would have played a good bit, nice bit with Tip like league yeah. games and all. I don't he ever really nailed down a championship spot, but a very good player. He was actually Nina's best player by a mile, I would say. Yeah. Um, you would have thought he was more suited to that, especially with Barry injured. But I suppose look at when yeah. you're down Hugh Maloney and then you're trying to. But well, I would I I'd be interested in two boys take sorry. on that as well. Sorry, sorry, Hogan, just to finish. I think it has to be a kind of an element where you trust your centre back that you say to him, Well, he, the centre back that's looking out at you saying, Should I go or should I not? I think you're in trouble with him. I think your centre back that has to know that it's a bit of cat and mouse here. As you said, you went with Tony Kelly that day for the first five or six minutes as much to throw his mind. And maybe even someone would pop you a ball and you could get a point. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I think that has to be in the, in the scheme of things. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah. now <laughs> he probably was totally oblivious to it. He probably didn't take a phone call to him, but uh, but uh, like two of the guys I would have been very reliant on when I was doing that was our two wing forwards. So more often than not, it would have been Larky, and then maybe Colin Felly might have come out you know, over the years to do two two guys. Not to you know, obviously plenty of hurling, lots tons of hurling, but guys who would work their socks off. So all of a sudden, you have five bodies around that that part of the field, and there was so much pressure put on backs clearing balls, and you know, and um you know, I suppose different situations, you know, I, I can think of. But as a result of that claustrophobic pressure that players weren't used to, <clears throat> what do they do? They, the, the game plan breaks down and they end up hitting the ball on their back foot. And if you're hitting the ball on your back foot down on top of us, happy days. That's all we wanted, you know. If you're coming out with your head up looking pinging balls, that's a different, that's a problem then, you know, because 
I understand that I'm not marketed, but if the ball has been cleared, so it's a huge, I suppose, credit to the guy, the forwards, you know. And yeah, that's, I, think, that's, I, I, I think they'll, they'll, uh, Brian has nailed it there. Like, two things for me. It depends who the personnel are, right? If you're centre-back marking a Joe Canning or you're marking John McGrath, for me, you cannot let those players free, right? If you're centre-back, right, and let's say you might have Alan Callaghan or Hoggy in the full forward line inside, right? Well, then you can't leave 40 yards space in front of them because you're going to be killed, right? So your centre-back has to sit, right? But what I will say is you have to credit the other guys in Lockmore using John McGrath, what Brian said there, right? They're coming out, they're finding him every time, right? You know yourself, Dale, have been involved with clubs over the years, right? How many fucking branded cornerback or wingbacks, right? And you tell them the centre-back is coming off, right? And then he lumps the ball down to the number six box <laughs> and the centre-back is there sitting on his own, clearing the ball back down and then you're there whatever few ribs of hair you have left in your head. Do you know what I mean? No, no. I've, I've told you this, I've told you this. So you have to give credit to the Lockmore lads with the plan. They come out, they have the ball, they find him. But it, I suppose it comes down to a very simple brass tacks. If Nina had to replan this week, right? Would they do something different, Mark? Whatever would would basically they relook at the plan? I think they would. I don't think for me, if I was planning this week, that I could say, okay, let John McGrath or Noel McGrath sit there on their own because those guys would kill you all day. Yeah, but, and like, and then there'd be a part of me that would be delighted to see John McGrath going as far away from the goals as possible. Like so, you know, we played with Jordine, and like we never moved him out of the full forward line because we know if we left him in there for sixty-two or three minutes. And we got enough ball in there at some stage, he would pounce for a goal. He did but it like, to me, man. He did it to me. But there, I think it was a 2001 or whatever. I had him kind of under, under the cash all day. And then he just popped up for a goal. I think it was um, Sean Oak hit the ball in for about 90 yards. He just knocked it into the net. Like, so, yeah, fair point. TJ, like, you know, good forwards like that have patience. And they'll wait, and they'll wait, and they'll wait. And the panicky forward is looking out to the sideline because he's worried that the manager's going to take him off because he hasn't got any score today. But when you have good fellas like Dean and the likes of the Ben O'Connors and those fellas, Richie Hogan, they'd wait and wait all day long because the, the manager would show confidence in them to leave him on. They were in the, the, the best two or three forwards. They weren't going to take him off because they knew the threat was always going to be there. And it's like Brian mentioned earlier on about Belly Hale. They never panicked when they were three points down against uh, Tolerone in the first round and they walked the goal. And even the ball that was struck into TJ Reid that day, it was struck to the out, his outside hand to his yeah. left hand. And all TJ did was popped up and his own read had peeled off. And he actually didn't even hit the back of the net with the silver. He just tipped the ball home nice, nice and tidy. Just, I, I don't know, it, it's like we're seeing a lot of uh, teams playing with sweepers now. And what the, what the other team is actually put, they're pushing up. They're loose men up on them. So you have seven on one side of the field and five at the other side. Now, Barry Heffernan was injured. That obviously caused a problem for them. He wasn't going to be able to travel. So that was, I think, the biggest issue, that he was probably in the wrong position for me. He'd have been better off maybe playing in the, maybe cornerback or a wingback and leave somebody travel with him, but, or maybe not playing at all. Let's... Yeah, I think, Mark, I, I've, I've seen very few teams playing a sweeper now in the last, maybe, the games I watched. It's more like a deep line, kind of half-back lines where more teams are trying to keep their six-backs together. Mm. What I've seen now in a lot of places is teams are nearly playing without a half-forward line. Is it, that's what's kind of... The, the mm. two half-forward lines are getting together in the middle third. They're trying to create a bit of space for inside. So the two things I would say is, number one, that you can't go out against players of a real quality like a John McGrath with a plan. You have to have some sort of a plan. And maybe the, if the Nina boys were here today, they might say, we, we did have a plan, but it didn't work, which is very, very true. I, I've been in that position too, by the way, right? And... 
Number two, I suppose, Dale, would be the whole psychology of it, right? Let's say your team had, like, you take Belly Hale this week, right? right? They're after coming off possibly a near-perfect performance, right? Mm. Right? Like, how does Trent, the Tuesday night, how do you say to these guys, right, let's go preparing for a semi-final when they're just after coming off the perfect performance? So that's the difficult piece, I think, on a week like this. Yeah, for sure. And look, the other caveat is, I suppose, that it is John McGrath. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, you know what I mean? Like, that's, uh, we, we often talk about TJ and he's, we just have to say, like, Joe Kennings and the, I mean, he's, he's an elite, elite forward, like, and, and not blessed with the most pace, you know, but talk about but great feet, which is a great, you know, you, you might be blessed with the most pace, but geez, when you feet like he has, and a brain like he has, and, and, and the skills, obviously. But, T, but TJ, TJ made a great point there, is about giving the ball to the guy in the best position, and there's no point having a, a lad like John McGrath with a license to trap out and pick up ball if you're ballooning the ball over his head into the inside yeah. forward lane. And, you know, how often do you hear, like, we're, hit the ball into where you're winning? You know, you might have a corner forward who you can see is, is on his game, and the ball's just not getting in there. You're not giving the, delivering the ball in quick. To, you know, you, you end up playing with the ball too much out the field. And by the time it gets in, it's too late. So, you know, seeing, and, and, and Ballyhale are the best at that. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll poke and poke and poke and they'll find a weakness. And once they find a weakness, they'll go for you. You know, they'll maybe a cornerback is maybe not in his game or something like that. And that's what they do. And then they're, they're clinical, you know, yeah. so. And that'd be one of Cody's best traits for the last 20 years. And that he just kind of always ekes out that little weakness. And I mean, you, you, you can clearly see that in some of the other Ireland finals and semi-finals over the years. Ask Seamus Hickey. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he seems to find them. Yeah. yeah, Brian, yeah. Pummeled every ball on the top of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a fair point for Brian, as I said. You've got to have the plan. You've got to use the ball well. And if you've got a row being centre-forward that's not picked up and you pick him all day, the majority of centre-forwards, yeah. they, will, like, they will hurt you, like... Yeah, and the other semi-final lads, uh, Kiladangan back in the third final in five years. Um, I suppose Drummond Inch had very little left to give after their, uh, it seemed anyway, I, I didn't see it now, but uh, they were leggy and they were tired looking and, and, and Kiladangan were fresh. Larry, might ask you there, do you think they're coming up against another seasoned war horse now in Lockmore? Um do you think that this is their year? They've been, yeah, they've been knocking on the door, all right, haven't they? Yeah, you would, you would think it, it might be the, it might be the. But uh, will all these matches catch up on, catch up on Lockmore on the road again next Saturday? The McGraths are playing, which they're all McGraths anyway. There, but uh, they're playing week in, week out, so uh, they'll be out again next Saturday and then the following week. But yeah, because they're very strong, very even, very even team. Yeah, yeah. Liam Sheedy will be delighted to have it down to two. I think. It's a tricky one for them. And the last year's one was the one they were really expected to win because Boris Ali had been out of it for so long as well. They're coming up against the old team, a team that knows how to get it done on the big day now in Lockmore. I think it's an awful test for a team trying to make the breakthrough. be a fascinating final. I absolutely think that that'll be one of the most, for obviously they're the All-Ireland champions, so we have to say it'll be a great final. But, I think you have a very, very balanced Kiladengan. And a bit like what you said, TJ, about uh, Torlock Moore, I see they, their B team retain their C, senior B status as well. So incredible, incredible uh, depth of talent for a, a small, small little parish. Like, it is, it is incredible. It's a great sign of a panel or the strength of a panel when your second team is pushing on and pushing on the strong. You actually see there's more and more clubs around the county being able to do it. Like, but 
to like to have your 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 second team be that competitive and nearly pushing for senior status is just an incredible sign of the club. Actually, uh, uh, Brian Ballyhale, what, 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 where is your second team? Um, their second team is junior. Uh, actually, it's our our second team is intermediate. We just got beat. Okay. <laughs> we got beat. Yeah. So there's only there's only three clubs in Kenny. I think, as far as I'm aware, have ever had a senior and an intermediate team. Uh, Glenn Moore back in the early '90s when they were winning club all Ireland with had the O'Connors and Titchfield, which is is crazy for a club for a rural club the size of Glenmore. If any of you know where it is, yeah. I don't because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's down there in a new Ross border somewhere, but. See me at one point they had, and then uh, the village had. Uh, GM Stevens had it at one point for about three years. But yeah, we won the junior last year, but obviously we weren't allowed to progress then into the interprovincials. So uh, Connie Shamrocks went on and won the. We beat them in the final. So we're 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 intermediate. We were beaten by Thomastown yesterday, who were favourites to win the intermediate. They'd be knocking okay. around, uh, and then our seniors. But Ballyhale, um, Ballyhale would be have a junior side, you know. But again, just you know, really good hurlers, you know, just able to turn out one hurler, two hurlers a year that step up to the senior gauge, yeah, yeah, fresh, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be lads one. I think that's cheese. Everyone, everyone will be looking forward to that. And 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 I think from Lockmore's point of view, I know they have a football se- semi final next weekend. It's my Rovers, I think, Larry, they're, they're meeting, and uh, so uh, they might be teeing up, that might team up for a final with Camille, even. But I hope they come through injury free, like it is a heavy schedule. You'd love to see both teams at full strength, like it. You would feel Nina with uh, Barry obviously carrying an injury with with Hugh Maloney out, which is it is a very for a club like it's very hard, isn't it? When I even see just to touch on, there was only one match in Clare. Uh, you had quarter final that was delayed, but you had Aerogenis turning over a kind of quietly fancied fecal team to go back in now and meet Six Mile Bridge in the semi final. The big thing from a rogue point of view from when they met Six Mile Bridge in the first round is they now have David Reedy back from injury. And like what? Like David Reedy was outstanding against Fiekel yesterday. So the county man can be absolutely massive, really. And when you're down the county man, it's huge. Yeah, just on the injuries there, like I remember talking to the, to, to the McGraths before about it. Like, I mean, they seem to play every week, no matter what way, you know, if they've niggles or whatever. Like, but I mean, Noel, Noel played in goals for the Hurlers, like when, when he was injured last year. Like, and John. When he was carrying an injury, wasn't allowed to kick the ball, but still played for the footballers. Like he was told, he's not he's not kicking the ball, but you can you can catch it and you can lay it off, you know. But like, uh, and he still played, you know. So I mean, they one fairness to have great we, we had we had a good few hurlers that played football <laughs> under, under those uh, instructions, Larry. It was not nothing to do with injury. I can tell you, <laughs> do not kick it. <laughs> just play away. Go as hard as you can. Go as high as you can, but don't kick it, okay? <laughs> that was, that was the rule there. That's the other side of it, Dale. It's great having matches every week, and you know we're even talking about intercounty, you know. And but the danger is, and particularly the club, it's so condensed. Is you could be unfortunate, you pick up a one injury, and you know a bad injury, and your whole season's over before you even get started, you know. And it can have a big bearing on the on the championship as well, you know. The wrong guy, the wrong one or two guys get to pick up knocks, and it changes the perspective on a match big time. Yeah, and you don't have too much problems down there, Brian, with the with the jewel stuff like. But even in Clare now, we've become massive. Do you know, with Bellier, all the Bellier lads, Tony Kelly, all, all play for Clandigad, who have been in, I think, two finals and a semi final. But nearly both ways, uh, they're gone. Clatlaw mm. gone out of the hurling and are now in the football semi final. And um, there's no real tie up of of jewel players in Clare, which yeah. I'm looking forward to, to those semi finals now next weekend as well. Limerick, TJ, TJ. You've, you've the most mouth-watering semi-finals down there, but is your championship becoming a bit predictable? Not being critical now, 
But you could oh. nearly say those four would be in the semi-final if you asked me last December. Yes, you're 100% correct. We would have picked them four. In fairness to Belly Brown, who were well beaten by the Pierce the weekend, the scoreline possibly doesn't do them justice, but they would have been by far the best of the senior B teams, right? So there's... Of the six teams in senior A, Belly Bromo by far the six teams, and they're a good bit short in the pair shake. So we definitely have the best four. We have two great games in store. Um, Paris Well in the pair shake, very tight one. And the pair shake chinned them in the final last year. I'm sure the pair shake will be out for, out, out for revenge this time. Um, you probably saw Paris Well the last day, Galan kind of wrestling against Dune. And the other semi final is Dune. Well, just, just, just ask you about teaching, you might know more than us. Galan went for surgery the following morning. After that match, I think on the finger. Do you have any update for us for next next weekend? Well, I don't. Um, like obviously the expectancy. I do know is that he will play. So because um, yeah. I, I I think that was one of the prerequisites. You can imagine now, Kieran. Uh, if you were involved with um, a club like that, you probably wouldn't let him. I know that the bigger picture would be to be minding for Limerick down the road, but Kieran would be minding his own little house here, kind of saying, I need him for, for these two games. So I do believe he's going to play. So massive additions back as well. One of the better inside forwards at the moment. And then I was saying the other semi final is um, another tight one to call Dune and Kimalak. Look, I said before about Dune that they have really, really brilliant underage structure for the last 10, 15, possibly 20 years. They've been really good at minor under 21, picking up titles. And they haven't won a senior, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, Richie English is out with a long term injury. I do know that Daryl Donovan went off injured after about 14 minutes. I don't know the nature of that injury. So obviously he would be key for them. But another, like, really, really good. So the four best teams, right? That's what you want, really, from a competition is the four best teams. Really, really tight. And both of them on this Saturday night. Yeah, and like you'll be saying, I know yourself and Shane Dowling nearly went fighting on television over Doom's underachievement or overachievement. But I, 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 and I, I was the commentator. I came down on your side. I would have felt they should have a senior uh, landed at this stage. But Jesus, down Richie English, down Dara Donovan, facing into a Kimelok team that have, have swept all in front of them so far. Be a tall order for them, wouldn't it? Yeah, Tony Cancelin back there as we, as we spoke already about in Kimalik, and he's doing a great job. He has got them back in the zone and like they had a great win over in the Pearshig. So, um, yeah, this is, this is a tall order coming down the track. But as I said, load of players in Dune, uh, load, load of players who played inter-county hurling over the last number of years. So, you know, they didn't start well yesterday against Liberties. I think Liberties played with the win. I think it was about maybe one, five, two points, something after uh, was, yeah. about 10 or 12 minutes. But they just turned that very quick, like a man out convincing winner. So a lot of talent there in Dune. I'm sure they'll be able to make a statement. And as I said, too tight enough semi-finals to call out. Like, like you wouldn't like to be uh, wedged heavy on, on either side. But I'll ask you to call him at the same time, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was thinking that was coming all right. Um, <laughs> I think the Pearson the overall are still favourites to, to, to win the county outright, right? And I do think that they will be able to make revenge for, for last year. I think with the forwards they have, they in a club team, right? Like Connor Boylan, Adrian Breen, Kevin Downs, David Dempsey, Peter Casey. Like for a club forward line to have that sort of resources up top. Like you know yourself, you'd be involved with a club team there that might have one decent forward. They're trying to trying to make things happen. They do play the game well. Willow Donahue, like and keep going on horn and Lynch Mike Casey. So to me, the day they had the best players. I'm gonna go from the Bearshig on that side, and I think that the loss of Richie English will kind of be a bearing for doing. I give my neighbours Kimalak a slight nod on the other side. TJ, just one, one comment on the, um, and, and thanks very much uh, to your wife for giving me her log on details to watch the live streaming on Saturday night. 
It was only a tenner, Landers. <laughs> I told you we've no, we've no money down here. There, you know, 137 teams <laughs> of the fucking golf. Yeah, but you see, after the golf classic, though, a couple of lads that came out with me, we said we go to Dungarvan, we spend a few quid in a restaurant, and while we were having the grub, I was watching the match as well. So oh, perfect. Yeah. Thanks very much, but I, I thought it was noticeable the difference, the goals. Like you got the, the Pierce got no goal. On Saturday night, and we're looking at Belly Hale, and I'm just, I'm just looking at Belly Hale being the kingpins in Leinster, Napier Street being a serious team down in Munster. I thought it was surprised that they didn't really go for goals the other night. It was all points they were looking for. Yeah, no, fair, fair point. The only thing I will say, Mark, is like maybe on the outside it mightn't seem like this, but Belly Brown are a decent side and have been like in Belly Brown were in this county final a couple of years ago, and you know they came up against a really, really good Napier Street side, um, like. It's a fair point, I suppose. You'd like to see a team scoring goals, and when you're on top of a team, like goals definitely make a big difference and they put them away. But is the last, is it TJ, is the, is the last of one Shane Dowling a, a kind of a, a serious last no, goal? Last, no, like, no doubt, like he's a big, big game player and he, he, he's a big last to them. But I still come back to the names rattled off there. Um, yeah. they, they have a lot of quality there, it, it, it wouldn't be a concern for me. Okay, yeah, I've, been, I've been watching it fairly closely. I, I, I think there's a bigger day in the well. Like if Galan is okay, I don't think Keane has hit top form yet. And I, I think if Keane Lynch can take over that middle zone, the fair half back line with Burns, geez, that's a fair game, lads, isn't it? It's I mean, a fair game. If you're if you're watching just the point we spoke about earlier on, though, like like Dermot Burns is guaranteed to sit in the pocket there. Like so, how many pairs should work the ball and use the ball, and it will be a game. There'll be, there'll be a plan both sides there, and look. I suppose if you were playing the well tomorrow morning, they like, who you put on Galan is going to be as well. Yeah. Is David Dempsey, am I right? Saying David Dempsey will end up marking him, will he? Uh, marking who? Would you be marking Dermot Burns today? Yeah, well, they, they, I think last year in, in the county final, they put Peter Casey at centre forward for a while and he got a good return out of it. So they'd have a number right. of possibilities that they could put in there. So usually. They would be, you'd be certainly putting a fella that could move on him now, like, because he. Yeah. he the pocket all day long, like. yeah, he will, and but it still comes back to the same thing. What Brian spoke about earlier on is if you, if you do that, you have to make sure the team buys into it and that they find him all day long, and that's yeah. that's that's how you punish that scenario, yeah. Hoagie, if you had a Peter Casey, little will of the wisp, deadly, like <laughs> you'd be relying on on make defend to come back and meet him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking at him, and, and that was the, the case a couple of times where you see, uh. A smaller guy in stature coming in, you know. I suppose being being poor like me standing in centre back and say we'll bring a small lad in there and we'll run him. They're going, oh, Jesus, you know exactly what's happening. But uh, so you're like, great lads, let's make this a bit of a, a dog fight in here and see how much he wants it. But uh, but you mentioned uh, Galan as well. Like I just think he's he's class. Super. Like I love watching him hurling. He's like, he's everything you want as, as inside forward because he's so bloody abrasive as well. He'll give it back to you if you want it, you know. But he's a re- he's really clinical. And, uh, Another one himself and Mikey Casey to look forward to. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So I see enough in there. It could be. Anywhere, we look forward to that. We'd be streaming. But Jesus, if everything's on the same time, we'd be in an office. Too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I suppose we'd have to have a quick look. It's getting towards the business end of the little la la land. Shawnee McGrath be. He'd be he's, he's out of the box by you tell you uh, talking about small centre forwards. Yeah, yeah. We bought a milk crate for him the last day, there, so he could stand up in it. <laughs> he said, himself and Fraggy, he's the yeah, one each. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I yeah, know. Big, big weekend. Big weekend, yeah. Massive weekend now from a Holland point of view. Um, 
we'd all football this weekend and the big names, Nemo, Castlehaven, the Bears, Duhal are all through. And um, the funny Nemo thing is... Our, Nemo are in our bit, aren't they? Yeah, they're in the human yeah, okay. <laughs> They got two hello actually on that side of the draw. So they, they do hello might be four one now with Achilles demise on the hurling side, so as a divisional team. But anyway, right. all the teams that are feeding into the hello are all still left in the in the junior and intermediate championship. So oh, that's we'll good. And it, it'll have a big bearing on the UCC game uh, this weekend, Anthony, because um UCC yeah. playing the Pearshig, and I think Kilmallock had Paddy O'Loughlin playing Saturday night, so he'll be expected to play the following day. Montgomery is playing for Belenacorte in Abbeyside on Sunday at 2.30, so he'll be making his way to, to Cork after that game. And every and it's something we mentioned the last day, uh, um, the, it's junior and intermediate hurlers are making up all the Cork-based players. are all They're all bearing the lead in goals. He's from Inescala, they're over to the Championship. Every other player is playing at the weekend on Saturday whether it's junior or intermediate. So that's a big ask for UCC. You know, they'll be, they'll be hot favourites to beat Nipirsig. Is there a kick in Nipirsig from the Hayden? I don't must know. must be awful hurtful, like being, being yeah, hammered by the Glen, like. Yeah, Eddie Gunning is a big last to them. He broke his ankle in training, so he, he missed out in the game against the Glen. And he had played on Hoggy two years ago and held him to a couple of points in playing. He's a big last. There obviously is a game in Nipirsig and... Um, they were in the semi-final of the county actually two years ago when Sean Ogg was in charge of them and they had a poor year last year. So it's hard to call that one, Anthony. UCC yeah. have the hurlers, right? But they will be tired. They won't yeah. be at full throttle, I, I would suspect, like, you know? So we'll, uh, that's that's too hard to call. I, I think UCC will win it, um, but it would be great for the, the north side of the city and the Pearson to get to the semi-final and get back there. Right. Um, the other two massive derbies then. The other thing, these are quarterfinals. So just explain, there are three quarterfinals in Cork this weekend. The Glen are already in the semi-final yeah. because they were the top-ranked club team coming out of the group stages. Um, the other I know, it took us about three weeks to figure it out, but we have it now. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> and now that we have a good structure in place after taking years to get it here, we won't want to be messing. So you'll be right up to speed now next year, Dale Owen. That's it, oh, I have it. <laughs> um, Two local derbies, um, you have Sars and Zone are on one side and you have Blackrock and Douglas on the other side. So just the Sars one, Sars have been very, very impressive this year. They're a very, very settled team. Um, Conor O'Sullivan, um, Daniel Kearney in the back line. Danny's gone back from midfield to centre-back. And then up front, uh, Jack O'Connor, Liam Healy, and the other two main forwards up, up there. They're very, very settled and they put up, put up big scores. But they're playing against Ernzono. Ernzono and their three matches to date have gone down by seven, eight, nine points and come back to try and win them. Now, they won two of them. Like, Newton Chandler will be kicking themselves the last day because they were five points up with six minutes to go. And Sorry, six points up with five minutes to go. So, um, I think Sales will actually win that. I, I don't think Ernzono's form might stand up. Uh, but the big match of the weekend is definitely Blackrock and Douglas. It's a Southside City uh Clash. It's on in Parky Um The biggest question again for Douglas: Can they keep performing? Like there would be a question mark over down through the years about their performance, about consistency. But a lot of their main players made a decision to play hurling this year only, and their footballers. There's no fella. They were all they were beaten at the weekend, so they're out of football. But they may have one or two fellas to come back into the fold. But their hurlers made a commitment to all play hurling this year. So the Cadigans, the Turnbulls, the Shane Kingston, the other main men. Killian Donovan, a young lad, 
Uh, the lack of players Anthony to date, Michael O'Halloran, Niall Cashman and Alan O'Callaghan. Uh, Niall Cashman started to centre back a fortnight ago from Michael O'Halloran came on with 10 minutes and I meant to believe that Alan O'Callaghan had his first contact training session over the weekend. So they, are my, they were my outside bet at the start yeah. of the year, Anthony, and yeah, I'm going to yeah. stick with them. And um, we just have to wait and see. But it, like Fergal Ryan is in charge of them in Blackrock and um, John Brown is a selector with them. So okay. And you have Shane Brick in charge of Douglas as well. I feel like you would have come across a few times before. That's, that's for sure. One of the greats. Is, is it all made for the semi-final, Mark, or is it open it is, it is, yeah. It is, yeah. The winners of SARS and Aaron Zone play the Glen. And okay. the winners of Blackrock, Douglas, play UCC in the Pearstrick. So... I think the big, a lot of people will say the winners of BlackRock and Douglas will probably go to the final, um, TJ. But the big thing with UCC is how tired will they be yeah. uh, and if they'll get over the, the Pearson Cordell. They, they could be anything in a couple of weeks' time because there's a lot of players outside of the county that are still involved in the county championships. And if they're knocked out and lads are back to college, they may be available to our semi-final spot if they get there. And are we, are we live streaming all the games? Live streaming all the games at the weekend, there, yeah. Great stuff. We we look forward to hearing your dulcet tones there over the airwaves. One le- one one thing, lads. I know Brian, you've to you've to hit off, and we're thrilled to have had you. Looking forward to having you again. Um, crowds, lads. Jeez, like we looked at that Antrim game, and like just just talked that the pubs might be reopening soon. Thanks be to God to the few Bob come in the door from the pub just beside me here. I'm not joking. You know, the more, more lonesome I'm getting on Sunday evenings looking out of the empty and darkness below there. But uh, uh, surely we can let a few hundred back in. We're coming. I know Wexford and Watford went early with their hurling championship, Brian, but surely Nolan Park can cater for a few hundred people. Like. Uh, it's, yeah, look, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've, I've been at a, a few, yeah, well, I've watched a few of the matches. I was down at one or two matches in Wexford, actually. I was just helping out with a club side down there. And there was lads, with, there was an, at one stage, there was an Arctic Glory backed up against uh, a wall and we knew what was coming. And the match started and the back of it opened up and there was about 12 lads standing in the back of it looking over the wall and at the match. Like, you know, and we've all seen the photos of the lads hiding up trees and this, that and the other. Just wanting to see a bit of hurling, you know, we're craving for it. Um, it makes no sense. I mean, a blanket rule that it doesn't take into account the grounds. As you say, like, you know, uh, no one allowed, you know, 200, 400 allowed into the Gaelic grounds. You know, you could let 4,000 into the Gaelic grounds and, 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 and there'd be no issue at all. And I think, you know, the only concern might be people coming and leaving the match at the one time, but you can manage that as well and stagger it in terms of, you know, letting people out of different sections after the match. But, you know, and again, in local grounds, people are sensible, you know, again, it's, you know, with, with these club matches, it, you know, you're going to be going with your, your, the people you're living with, you know, keep your distance in the grounds. If you're wearing the masks, I don't see the issue. We've gone through the whole reasons before, you know, you can go to a restaurant, you can, you know, you can go to church and all this kind of thing, but you can't go into an open air field to watch your, your relatives, your, your, your nephew, your son or whatever daughter hurling the uh, match. It's, yeah, it's mad. And you go across the border and there's 400 allowed into a match, you know. <laughs> so 400 and a bit with it, I'd say. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. You know, 400 by the letter of the law, but you can be sure, like, yeah, we saw the photo you posted up, um, Dero. I mean, yeah. look, it's, it is, it's not, it's, it's hard enough at this moment in time, you know, in terms of the impact it's having on people's mental health and, you know, with, with you know, particularly in the rural communities, you know, with, the, with, the, with the, and we've, you know, it's been commented on the importance of the pub and the church and the Gaelic team, you know, the, the, the GA. You can't go into the pub for, for, for a social drink. You know, we're not talking about luring points into you or anything like that. For a social, you know, uh, interaction. The Gaelic club is the, you know, the, the Hurling or Football Club is the other big outlet. 
and not being able to go and see the matches. You know, you're in an open air space. I don't see the difference between walking down a high street in a, you know, or, you know, in a town or down the local village and standing on, the, on a bank watching a match. And if you're, that, if, you're, if you're concerned, you know, wear the mask or don't go to the match, you know. But yeah, look, hopefully, hopefully, um, I think TJ mentioned it, hopefully Neffet and the governments, you know, are reviewing it and we, we, we get some sort of reprieve. Although, you know, it might be too late for some counties at this stage, but, uh, I, you know, I'd love to be able to go in and watch my club play the weekend in the, in the county semi-final, but it might be too, too early for that. Uh, surely they'll have a fellow like you, they'll have one, one pass kept back, Brian. <laughs> Brian, Brian, thanks a million. No Unconscious, you have, to, you have to hit the road uh, yeah. and do a bit. Um, look, thanks, great guys. to have you. Great to have you on. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Absolute pleasure. Good to see you, lads. See you, Brian. Lads, on what Brian said there, lads, like, geez, wouldn't it be great if they made a call Wednesday? Like, you know, yeah. that, that can be that, 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 important, Dello, for, for, the team, for the team's panel because it, it's getting difficult for clubs. I know that they've been getting a little bit creative with stewards and Galway and stuff. And oh, jeez, the amount of yellow jackets <laughs> at your match. I never saw as many stewards in my whole life. That's very Just a, bit, a little bit creative. But um, I think I just tried to listen to Ron and Glyn there and their, their theory behind why like, it's the mobilisation of all these people going and congregating. That I think if they set out some sort of a roadmap and a plan, like as I said to you, I've said it before, the racing in the UK this week, I think there's a crowd plan for Doncaster there on Wednesday, Thursday, right. growing from 3,600 up to about 6,000, wherever I think at the weekend. They have, I think, about 10 points made, like you to wear a mask and you got to come from an area and stuff like Put a roadmap together, same as for the pubs, right? At least if people can buy into something and see it coming down the track. But I, I do agree with what you said there. Don't call this Friday evening and there's consternation about clubs playing Saturday. Can we get in? Can we not? Like, call it now. Put a plan in place. County semi-finals, county finals. As far as I'm concerned, the members and the people deserve to go. Yeah, I don't know. Will they be listening to us here on, on the Irish Examiner Hurling podcast? But if we can get the word out there, all, Larry, maybe someone might hear us. Um, Michal Martin surely reads the Examiner there most days. But I will say this, Mark. Some of the optics from the Northern Games don't look great, like in, in that the crowd are very much on top of each other. Yeah, like someone I mean, made a comment back. I put up the picture of the Northern thing on, on Meanwhile in Belfast. I said, you know, this fella that's standing on lorries outside the grounds in, in Belna Slow and in the Hyde Park, I think. And yeah, but like, there's the same shopping centers and the same on streets. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah shop, that's but shopping centers obviously are getting a different um pass than, than we are in the GA, which is all wrong. I, for me, we've been scapegoated, but at the same time, when we're in a big venue like we'll say the Gaelic grounds, Cusick Park, Parkakee, wherever, Torless, um, Nolan Park, that like just to put down a mark and you can't, unless you're the one family, you just can't sit there yeah. go over beside Johnny because you love having a pint with him afterwards and yeah. didn't I tell you that fellow was useless and do you know that we'd have to social dis- distance, wear masks, spread out, they're big stadiums and, and there's no problem with four or five hundred being in there. Yeah. I I no I I listened to Ronan Glynn there the other night on the on the um on, on the late late show and I felt that there was part of him that says there is something more a little bit more positive coming down the track and just be patient with us you know and that's that's what I'm really hoping is that they I mean look and Anthony it's all down to the numbers of new cases that are going to be announced during the week and I think. I'm I'm positive enough that I think there will be there will be something and, and you know I know now you're saying Wednesday if it would give the counties a chance to mobilise with, with 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 tickets and stuff like that but 
I think if we got to go ahead on Friday, it's like everything, you'll make that effort to get the ticket. And, you know, it creates another little bit of atmosphere. It's, it's, all, de- it's all debate. It's all discussion. Like, yeah. would I wait till six o'clock on a Friday night to be able to go to see my club play in the quarterfinal of a county? I would. I would. I would. You it's know, pretty confusion now, Mark. Do you think it would say, Delo, is who, who ultimately makes the call here? Is it Neffet? Is it the government? Does GA have an input? Is it a combination of all three? Or does it just solely rely on the government to make this call? It's the, it's the government, as far as I can figure out. Yeah, they're, it's the government. They're, they're Neffet a lot, a recommendation. Yeah, they're kicking a lot of it back to this is what Neffet recommended. So, Well, in that case then, with, with speaking about the Corkness and Landers connections and the Cork control, surely the, the, the call can come. Maybe Larry doesn't have to do it. Landers can do it there today. He can make a call, surely. Ron and Glynn is a Galway man. You might through the co- Thomas's okay. contact. <laughs> and, and, and like we're, we're we're possibly sending Coveney to to, to Europe. So oh, like yeah. we're down, we don't man like you know. You, you see what happened at the matches over the weekend when you're down a man like you know. You wouldn't see. You wouldn't send someone to Clare as well, would you? And someone to Tip and someone to Limerick. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that Nemo are in the latter stages of the championship, I presume Michal will want to go to them like. Yeah, the, the young Flint side and Goldshire. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Shout out, lads, before we go as well to the Kerry final. Uh, two semi finals yesterday, two big wins for the Champions Causeway, and my um, old friends in Kilmiley. And I'll tell you, lads, if there could be a crowd at that one in two weeks' time, there would be half an art Kerry there because uh, I have no unrivalries in Clare and I have no unrivalries in other sports and other counties. That will, I tell you one thing. There's a kind of an area in there between the two parishes called the Golden Heights, and uh, lads have living across the road from each other playing with the other clubs, and uh, there'll be some build up in in that part of uh, North Kerry. There, I famously I'll tell it quickly. The first night I went down to train Kilmiley, was a lad called Pete Young, whose sons were great hurlers on for the club. Pete Pete was working in Money Point across in the ferry, you know, in, in the Clare side. So Pete got a lift up and he was going back with me to show me where the pitch was in Lyric. Fabulous setup that they have there, like quiet country, one pub church in the field, you know what I mean? But great clubs for great tradition, great amount of titles and everything. So, but you turn off the road, start, you go through Ballyduff and you're going on towards Tralee from the Ballyduff Tralee Road. And next you turn off to your right, kind of down, you could call them Boreens now, but you, you know, slightly ahead of Boreens, right? So next thing we come to a crossroads anyway. And uh, you could see a pitch over to the right. And I said, geez, you could see the hurling wall at the back of the pitch, you know. So I said to Pete, geez, Pete, I said, that looks a fabulous setup. Like, you know, this is back now, 2000, 2007. Like, Jesus, he says to me, that's Causeway. He says, when you stop, we were taking a lift and we were going on about another three miles. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, you'll be on about rivalry. There'll be some build up down there. Uh, yeah. and, and want to look forward to as well great talent on view as well down there as well and that's the beauty as, as I said about the Antrim semi-finals great stuff again today lads lads I got a bit of stick off a, a female friend of mine about the podcast that we're very male orientated and uh, so we're going to change that a small bit this week we usually have the Gary Spillane classic but we're, we're going to give it up to Caught the van from Canalty Rossmore I don't know if he saw it she broke her hurley Possession. She took possession, dropped a hurley, which you can do in Camogie. Still, I think they're about to change the rules. Dropped yeah. a hurley, took possession from her brother John of another hurley. And if she put it over the bear lads, they'd be showing it forever. Unfortunately, it dropped short, but some bit of innovation yeah, I, and skill. 
You know, I saw it. I saw it on the the the, the, the clip you sh- you sent us last night. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And like, if you want to promote camogie and promote hurling and stuff like that, some of that stuff was that was br- like we saw Brendan Mayer striking a ball over the bar with a half a hurley last year. We saw Jordine against Galway a couple of years ago with the hurley upside down. And we saw and like for so she just threw it down. He threw it on, caught it with one hand. And, and fixed the hurley properly and got a great strike. It was brilliant. The only thing is, I'd say it would nearly have to be a sibling like that. That, that has been practiced during lockdown, I'd say, you know. <laughs> that, that was a TikTok move, like. In the moment, a brilliant thinking by both of them in Paris. Unbelievable. So, caught, we're giving it up to you here on the Irish Examiner. And we've gone on a good bit again today, lads, and uh, a good long one. So, for the fellas out cutting the lawn, getting the last cut in, or the cycling or the walking, I hope we're keeping you going an extra bit. Um, and look, what stuff have we to look forward to again next weekend? The Little All Ireland is back. Uh, <laughs> there's little things like the Kilkenny semi finals and, and uh, the Clare semi finals. Small ones. Minor ones. details, yeah. Minor <laughs> details. But uh, we, 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 we get, we'll get a word in about them next week as well, Teed. So, uh, lads, uh, great stuff. And uh, thanks, Larry, for everything as well there. And, um, don't worry about Newport, Larry, and, and I, the Nina crowd, let me down, but the other two boys are going to bring up the bets. There's no doubt about that. Good Thanks, stuff. Man. Cheers, lads. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.